if you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Song of Solomon, chapter number 2, and verse 1. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and verse 1. I people don't know really what that book a lot of people don't really know what the book of Song of Solomon is all about. Especially those especially those that might be unlearned in the faith or new at Christianity. What it is, it's a love letter. Traditionally, it was a love letter between a man and a woman. But God used it to describe to describe how much God loves the church. He loves us like a bridegroom loves his bride. I love that illustration because I don't know about you, but I'm sure in love with Jesus. Shall we stand? The Bible says in Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 1, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Let us pray.
I did some studying on this verse, on this verse and, about and about roses in general. In general. And roses are very common in the world. They come in many different colors. They come in a variety of colors. In pink and yellow and orange and white. And the most common is red growing in the American and in Asia. But those in the Middle East that the Song of Solomon was talking about grew somewhere around Egypt. And they grew in white and in pink. And some would take the rose and they would crush it and they would use that crushed rose, the material to make stuff like honey and they would use it to season the food with different spices. It has five outside petals. So we ask, showing us that our food and our medicine comes only by the grace of God. But however, even some of the best roses always fade away. I remember when I was a little boy, my mom had a rose bush outside of our house. I remember to have to go out. It was right on the outside post of the door post of our house. And every time, every time I go out, I'd have to move my left arm so I wouldn't get pricked by the thorn. I didn't really like that much when I was a little boy. But... I did like seeing the red roses bloom so beautifully in the summertime. I remember every year around wintertime and fall, the roses would die off and would fade away. I was only like two, a two or three year old at that time. And I would ask, Mommy, where did the flowers go? And she would say, they'll be back in the springtime. And every time, around spring, when the ice and snow would melt, the roses would bloom again. After a while, when I grew up to be like a teenager, she would take the roses out 
She would take the roses out. We remodeled our house. I put a concrete patio. And put a concrete patio on the front porch of our house. I like that better. Because I, I, I didn't have to get pricked by the thorn. But then as I grew older and grew to be a man, I appreciated the beauty of the roses. And I got to where I missed the roses blooming ever so beautifully in the spring and in the summertime. This was this life and the beautiful thing within it will one day pass away. Even the most powerful and anointed preachers and churches will even pass away and become a distant memory. The thing that you enjoy now you will not always enjoy. There's a time for born and a time to die, said Solomon. Nothing in this world lasts forever. I think that's the problem with America nowadays. We're so materialistic with everything we think that we have to have this and that in order to have a happy life. But most generally, the people that have materialistic things are actually miserable inside. Why? Because those things don't last forever. This world will not last forever. You can already see it in America. Our liberties are fading away. Even from the church, nothing lasts forever. That's why we should never put our hope in material things. We should never put our hope in natural things because in the end, they will always fade away and become a distant memory. But there was a rose. Blooming. Ever so beautiful. And it began to bud in the small town of Bethlehem. It came as pure and white as the snow. And just the smell of its fragrance caught everyone's attention. 
And it never, they never took their eyes off the road. It was so beautiful just to look at. And they wanted just to touch it. It was so lovely to behold. But then a wicked tyrant by the name of King Herod, the great tribe, tried to cut down the rose before his appointed time. And so his mother and earthly father gently plucked up the rose and carried it all the way into Egypt. Egypt was where the rose began to bloom and it began to blossom. Egypt needed a rose after the destruction of Egypt by the ten plagues of Egypt and, and Alexandria the Great and Cleopatra and Julius Caesar. By that time, Egypt was virtually wiped off the face of the map. But just the sight of a rose blooming in the wilderness gave Egypt the hope for the future. And then, two years later, the wicked king died off. And so, once again, his mother and earthly father had to pluck him up again and take him down to Nazareth to replant him among his own people. And he began to bloom and blossom. And the Bible says that he grew wise. He watched. He grew in stature. And he waxed strong in spirit. And the grace of God was upon him. Then when he grew to be a man, all people were drawn to him. He was so beautiful. He performed many mighty miracles before them. And the Bible said that they sought just the touch the hem of his garment. Then at the age of 33, he was planted in the garden of Gethsemane. And his enemies swarmed around him just like the bees. 
surrounded him, surrounded him just, to find just to find the nectar that held the secret to his beauty. They surrounded him. His enemies surrounded him. You would think that he'd have fought back, but he called them friends. And it was at that moment. The once white rose began to turn crimson red. And summer was over. And fall began to come. And they grabbed the rose. That was so beautiful. That was so beautiful. And they trampled him. Underfoot. Underfoot. We do the same thing today. And they took the rose. And they plucked his beard. Like a rose petal. Like a rose petal. And they beat him across the back. Across the back. And one by one, his flesh began to fall. And it began to tear. Like a rose petal. Falling to the ground. They took a crown of thorns and put it upon his head. They beat him across the head with a reed. And they took him a lonely hill called Calvary. And he cried, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he said, it is finished. He bowed his head. And he gave up the ghost. And they pierced him in his side after nailing him to the cross. And he bowed his head. And he gave up the ghost. And his winter had come. The once beautiful rose had crumbled, had crumbled and crushed into nothing. Into nothing. At that moment, it looked like it was over. And all hope was lost. Then some secret disciples. By the name of Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus went to Pilate 
and said, Pilate, can we have the rose? Pilate must have said, what do you want with the broken rose? It's no good to you. Look at it. It's no good to you. It's not beautiful anymore. It doesn't have its beautiful petals anymore. It's dead. What do you want with the broken rose? And they would have said, Pilate, it may not mean much to you about this rose, but to me, it means everything. And one by one, they would have picked up the pieces off the ground. And they took the rose and they wrapped him up in linen. And they covered him up, thinking they would never see him again. And they took him and they buried him in a borrowed tomb. I wonder what it must have been like when the creator of heaven and earth died for the sins of all mankind. I wonder what it must have been like when winter had come and nobody thought that they would ever see the rose again. They thought all hope was lost. They thought that it was over. They thought that summer would never come again. But when spring had come on the third and glorious morning, something began to happen. And that rose begin to bud and spring forth and out of that tomb came a rose a beautiful rose and it came back it came back and <laughs> the rose bloomed again and it is so beautiful. And I can't take my eyes off the rose. The rose is so beautiful. It is a blessed rose of Sharon. Jesus Christ is the rose of Sharon. And this time, he is here to stay. He will never fade away. He, he, is, he died for all eternity. He's here to stay. He is the Rose of Sharon. 
he is here to help you if you're looking for contentment in your life. You don't need anything else. You just need the rose of Sharon. That's why he said the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand for all eternity. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I am the rose of Sharon in the midst of your valley. I am the lily among the thorns. Bless God. I'm never going to fade away. Roses are a symbol of beauty. They're given to the fairest of young maidens. And God wants to give the rose of Sharon to his bride, the church of the living God, who is his bride. Whosoever will, let him come. Let him come and take it. That's all you got to do is come and take it. It's free. It costs you nothing. All you got to do is take it. He is offering it to you. Because he says that the church is so beautiful. Roses are also given for comfort. For the sick. And for the dying. A rose doesn't necessarily take the sickness away, but it gives us comfort. When we're hurting, Sister Aggie, come here. This week, we went to visit them. And I want her to know, and I want Brother Jerry to know that I love them. And I appreciate them. Just, 
This God's not going to leave you there. All by yourself. Because when you're in that deep valley, God always gives a rose. for that. You know I love roses, don't you? <laughs> and you know I love the Lord. Yeah. I love him with all my heart, all my soul, and I know he won't leave me forsaken. He'll never leave me if he told me that. Sometimes roses are found in the most unlikely of places at the most unexpected time. Notice where it's at. That God said, I'm the rose of Sharon. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. It's always in the valley. Think about it. If you're up on the mountaintop, everything's dry. But if you go down in the valley, that's where the beauty is. That's where the richness of God is. It's always down in the valley. And David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of thine enemies. Death, even though you walk through the valley, it's just a shadow. You don't have to be afraid of it. Why? Because there's always a rose in the midst of the valley. And I remember roses are also given for funerals. 
And I remember a few years ago when my grandma, Barry, passed away. And she went on to be with the Lord. I picked up a rose from off her grave. And I kept that rose and put it in her Bible as a memorial unto her. And at that time, I didn't think too much of it until later. And I realized that the rose that Grandma took with her all the way to her grave will never pass away. And so my mind wonders back to when I was a boy and I said, Mama, where's the flowers? Where's the rose? And she would say, he's gone for a little while. But summertime, he will be back. He'll be coming on a white horse, crowned with many crowns. He will forever forever have a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He will sit on the Mount of Olives. Walk through the city of Jerusalem, sit on the throne of his father David, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The Rose of Sharon. He will never fade away. He will never fade away. But he is here forever. And he says to his bride, Come away with me. Come away with me. Sit in heavenly places. He said, come away with me. I'll take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Come away with me. He said, to me, I'll raise you up out of the wheelchair. Come away with me. And I'll let you walk beside me on streets of purest gold. Come away with me. 
And I said to my beloved, I'll come. I'll come. I'll come with you. And I want to be with you for all of eternity. Because I know that you're the rose that will never fade away. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Preacher, I'm lost. I'm living in sin. And tonight, I see that beautiful rose. And I want to partake of His beauty. I want to be saved. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Say, Jacob, pray for me. I want to become a member of the Bride of Christ. Would you raise your hand? Say, Preacher, pray for me. Is there anyone, young and old, I feel the Lord in this place, would you say, I need some help? Would you raise your hand? I don't want to die lost and go to a devil's hell. I want to be saved. If that's you, would you raise your hands? Is there anyone? God bless that hand. Anyone else? If you're in here, you say, Jacob, I'm a Christian. But here lately, I've been walking through the valley. I need the rose of share to comfort my heart. That's you. Would you raise your hand all over this building? Bless Bless these hands. Shall we stand? Those that raise your hand, get up out of your seat and come to this altar. And there's a rose waiting for you. Would you come? Would you come? If you're in that valley, get up out of that pew and come. Come to this altar, young and old alike, whoever you are. You come. I feel, the, I feel the Lord drawing in this place. You need to come tonight. Some are coming. Why don't you come? Everybody in this place has a need. Would you get out of your seat right now? Come to this altar. He'll help you. Would you come? 